Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hand. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, in our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about your faith and work, today we're talking about how a church can help prepare and retool people to go back to work. And we have with us today the very, I mean, we've got in studio Jim Cairo, director of iWork, not iWork for him, but director of the iWork program at Idlewild Church. And we're going to talk all about how they're trying to help people get equipped, retooled for the workplace. You know, Proverbs 13, 4 says this, the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. Jim Cairo. Welcome to the I Work For Him show. Thank you, and I'm already confused about I Work and I Work For Him. I know. Well, we're going to work on that, and we confuse everybody. It's really good. When I was kept typing up I Work, I always kept putting For Him on there, so I'm grateful. Am I saying your last name correct? Caro. Caro, not not Caro. Sorry about that. I apologize. I should have asked that before we went on the air. We had plenty of time. Jim, before we get started with our conversation about what Idlewild is doing to help equip and retool people for the workplace today... Talk to me first about how Christ is making an impact on your life. 
Well, I've I've been a believer since I was as long as I can remember since I was a child, and and he is at the center of my life and and the center of every aspect of my life. He's he's at the center of our marriage. He's at the center of our parenting. He's at the center of my work. He's at the center of my home life. He's at the center of my church, and and I think that knowing knowing him, having a personal relationship with him. Uh, puts everything around me, everything that's going on in the country, in our neighborhood, in our house, in our church, puts it all in perspective. Now, you've been, uh, so you've been a Christ follower almost all your life, and which is fantastic. You grew up in a church household that went to church. I mean, your, your mom and dad were Christ followers? Absolutely. We were, we lived a block from the church. I never even drove to church in my life until I got married. We always walked to church. Wow. Now, how many years have you been married? We've been married 43 years. Congratulations. That's awesome. Seven more years to the big 50. We're you got married at 12 or something or what? 13. 13. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations to you and your bride. That's fantastic. All right. But, you know, working in a church on the program called I Work at Idlewild, that's not your first job. You are really a corporate recruiter. You've been doing that for a long time. 20 years. And so talk to, talk about your business background, because you didn't start off as a recruiter. Talk about how God has worked in your uh, work career. Well, it's interesting, because I, when you have the advantage of looking back on it, you can kind of see how... Uh, um, how he has prepared us each step of the way, but uh, I, I was in corporate America for years and years. I was uh, I was in the insurance business. I was a vice president of sales for a company, and and then a senior vice president of sales and marketing, and actually ran a health insurance company. And somewhere along the way, I started thinking this isn't really what I wanted to do, um, and I began kind of evaluating strengths and weaknesses and likes and dislikes and uh, in my own life, and it really led me to recruiting. And then the question was, do I want to have, um, do I do I want to work for somebody else or do I want to own it myself? And I decided to. To take the plunge, and so I've owned my own business for 20 years, and during that time, I recruit mostly for clients that are in healthcare. So, but in the healthcare world, I know this wasn't one of the questions I told you I was going to ask you, but the healthcare world has gotten a little topsy turvy in the last six years with with the implementation of whatever they want to call it, but we'll call it Obamacare. I mean, are there still jobs there? Absolutely. Yeah, I've got a good friend that has a saying that says, out of chaos comes opportunity. And uh, <laughs> I don't even, I am not going to jump on that bandwagon. <laughs> there is chaos and there is opportunity. And I will tell you that what I'm recruiting for in 2015 is radically different than what I recruited for in 1996 and 97. But but the opportunities are still there. Hmm. So you've been a corporate recruiter for a long time. You've been, you've been helping people find jobs, the right positions. So you've seen the good and the bad, the bad and the good about how people prepare themselves and present themselves to a future employer. What, just describe some of that, because you've seen the good and the bad. I see it all the time. Um, and in fact, one of the things that's always surprised me is how, as an outsider, I can see things in people that they don't even see themselves, um, good and bad. Um, and, and we even see that at iWork in our ministry, that that people, especially when they're trying to identify their strengths, identify the accomplishments that are going to look good on their resumes, that they have a hard time figuring those out. And sometimes it takes somebody from the outside looking in to, to be able to find that. Well, that's why it's so important to have a mentor in your life, uh, to have help somebody, to have somebody help you 
identify the good and the bad about yourself. Uh, because really, if you're getting interviewed by a good interviewer, they're not going to just ask you, what are you good at? They're going to ask you what you're bad at. Now, And there's a great way to ask that question. You could ask people what your weakness is, but I've got the best interview question ever. I always ask people, if I was going to call your mom and ask her what drives her nuts about you, what would she say? Now, that's just the weakness question, but it totally catches people off guard, and they tell the truth every time. They tell you the things they should never tell you, like, well, she'd say I'm a little messy. She'd say I'm a little procrastinator. She'd say that, you know, I never do what I say I'm going to do. I mean, the things I've heard answer that question just fantastic. What, what are some of the biggest things that people need to work on in preparing themselves for that interview? Well, in in, in preparing for the interview, the kind of the number one thing, I think, is to, first of all, know yourself. When we talk to people at iWork, we, we spend two two entire evenings every cycle talking about interviewing and and the preparation for the interview makes all the difference in the world but the number the first thing we have people look at um after after they are prayed up and i guess i would say that's the number one thing in prepping Mm -hmm. for an interview the first thing i would do is is pray um right after that it is knowing what you bring to a potential opportunity, uh, what your strengths are, what your gifts are, where your passions are, and then being able to um, match that with what the employer is looking for. Um, and so when, the, when they're looking for, you know, these five things and you've got all five things, you'll be able to kind of match them up. Um, so, so knowing yourself, number one, knowing the job and, and what they're looking for, number two, and then uh, uh, and then practicing it um you know when we talk to people about prepping for an interview we tell them to sit in front of a mirror turn their cell phone around and aim it at themselves but somehow or another if somebody else asks you the question great if you ask yourself the question and then answer it that's fine too but but the first time you answer the question should not be when you're in front of the interviewer it should be somewhere else when you're practicing you know what i'm amazed at i I interviewed a couple of uh, uh college students for a potential internship with iWork for him this summer. And by the way, the show opened up today saying we're going to three days a week. That was just an old commercial that came out of the, I don't know, the caverns of, I don't know, I can't even describe it, but we're staying on five days a week. Don't panic. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, and I just want to make sure I said that out there. So I interviewed these these couple of students yesterday, and they were just fantastic. But I, I asked them three questions they didn't know the answer of. I said, have you ever looked at my website? The answer was no. I said, have you listened to one of my shows? They said, no. They did do what I asked them to do, which was take the five love languages test. They did do what I asked them to do when I said um, do a disc, uh, not a disc profile, but a, a spiritual gifts profile. But they hadn't. They also didn't have a LinkedIn profile. I mean, and people need to understand, if you're in business, whatever that may be, you need to have a LinkedIn profile. It is way more important than your Facebook profile. And if your Facebook profile shows a lot of crazy stuff, <laughs> just delete your Facebook page. That's the best thing you can do. But I was amazed at that, that they came to an interview with me and they hadn't done research on me when today it's so readily available. Absolutely. And, and uh, I know people that have gotten jobs strictly because they were extremely well prepared. I know I know people who have gotten hired for jobs they weren't qualified for because they did such a great job in, of interviewing and it was because of how prepared they were. I also know people who have been absolutely the best possible candidate for a job didn't get the job because they didn't prepare for the interview. Uh, and and to your point about LinkedIn, as a recruiter, um, I am I turn on LinkedIn at 
7.45 in the morning, and it is on till 6 o'clock at night. I am on it all day long, and one of the things that we do at iWork is spend a lot of time helping people with their LinkedIn profiles. Yeah, and, and it, absolutely. It's just like a resume, only it's an electronic resume, and it's really important who you're linked to, the kind of groups you're joined in. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. I've been, in, um, I've been on LinkedIn since 99, so I've got, I don't know, a little over 1,000 connections, but almost every one of the connections that I have on LinkedIn, I've met with. I don't just link with people to link with people. There are some people that have the theory, hey, I'll link with anybody just to get it bigger. <laughs> I don't want somebody to go, hey, Jim, Bob Johnson, you're linked to him. Can you refer me to him? I'm like, yeah, I don't know Bob Johnson, or I don't trust him, or I mean, I want to make sure I know these people. All right, so there's this ministry going on in Idlewild called I Work. Not I work for him, but I work because I've got mine trademarked. And so anyway, so I know you don't have. So it's I work. But what is it all about? What is I work about? I work is part prayer and support group, first of all. Uh, We are part networking group, meaning we've got people in the room. 25, 30, 35, 40 of them in the room at any given time that are all going through the same thing. Um, so it's part networking group, and then it's part job search skill training group, kind of all rolled into one. Okay, but it's way more than that. I mean, it's so – so let's talk about – you guys meet on a Monday nights. So describe a Monday night to me so, so that people can really get an idea of what you're doing. I mean, what you just said was great, but a lot of people think when they think I work and they think of church, the church is trying to help me find jobs, but that's not what you're doing. What we do is is we help people – prepare to find the jobs we ha- we don't find the jobs for them we help them get ready to find find the jobs themselves and basically what we do uh, at iWork is we break the job search process down into about six pieces the first piece is attitude and uh, uh, and, and I'll tell you we've been doing it six years now we've had over 3,000 people come through the iWork program wow we have seen every attitude you can imagine I mean I have seen people uh, who were ashamed. One guy that I'm thinking of didn't tell his children he lost his job because he did, he was embarrassed to tell his children that. Um, you know, we've seen people who are angry. We we had a person there one night who was just obviously over-the-top angry, and somebody asked him how long it had been since he lost his job because we thought, you know, we had just peeled the wound off, a, peeled the scab off of a, a wound that was pretty fresh, and, and he said, well, I lost my job 18 months ago, and I thought, you know, it's just not even healthy to be that angry for that long. So we deal with every attitude, even the attitude of, of I've been knocking on doors, I've been doing all these things, I've been, I've been doing all of the things you're telling me to do, and nobody's calling me back, and nobody's hiring me, and nobody's interviewing me, and, and I'm just tired. Um, so, you know, we, we deal with attitude in there all the time, but we spend a good bit of time on it just specifically. The second thing that we talk about is... Um, figuring out what it is you want to do next. You know, I would say at least half of the people that come to iWork, when we ask the question, what would you want to do next? They either say, I don't know, or they tell us what they used to do. And we say, no, that's not what we're asking. We want to know what you want to do next, what you would most love to do. And the answer is frequently, I don't know. Um, so we spend a good bit of time helping helping them find their gifts, helping them figure that out. So that's kind of the second step of the so, things that we do. So you're using a lot of assessments. So the first one, I, I, maybe I missed it. I was watching your lips move, and I heard what you said, but you, you kind of summarized it. Was it attitude? You work on an attitude first? Yes. Okay, good. That's what I wrote down. Good. So I, I was listening. Okay. 
The second step is is helping them find out what they really want to do. So what kind of assessments do you use to help people do that? I mean, because there's lots of choices of assessments. You know, we have we have assessments on on websites that we use, but I'll tell you that there's an old fashioned one that uh, um, that is my favorite, and and it was used on me twenty three or twenty four years ago. Um, I had a counselor when I was between jobs who said who asked me the same question. He said, "What do you want to do next?" And I gave him about six different possibilities, but but that's he said that's not what I asked you. I want to know what you would love to do next, and I said I don't know. And what he had me do was take four sheets of paper, mm. and uh, and uh, he had me lay them in four different rooms in the house and put a different heading on each sheet of paper. And on one of the headings, he he said, "I want you to write down the things that you love about your work." And on the second sheet of paper, I want you to write down the things that you really hate about your work. All right, and that's all we're going to hit, right? Because I got to do my book highlights. But I want to tell you, your one sheet of paper is everything you love about your current job. Yep. All right, and then everything you hate about your current job. Yep. All right, so when we're going to come back, as soon as the book highlight segment's done, he's going to give you number three and four. All right, it's time for our book highlight segment brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Our book today is Man in the Mirror, written by Patrick Morley. It's a little older book, but it's a book that really made a big impact in my life. Here's a short explanation. This book has helped thousands of men understand the person who stares back at them from the glass each morning to know what to do about this 24 most difficult problems that men face. And the number one difficult problem is if men are unemployed, they get bewildered, discouraged, because it is in the man's psyche to work to provide and protect for their families. This is a great book that addresses all of those things. I've got one copy to give away, given to me by the Man in the Mirror Ministry. So call in the studio line today. If it's if you're a guy, call in. It's for you. If you're a woman, call in for your husband. A great Father's Day gift. The book is called Man in the Mirror. Call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. And remember, you need to read this book. Don't wait for the movie. All right, we're back live and in studio with Jim Caro from Idlewild Church talking all about the I Work program. Number one, on the sheet of paper, all, everything you love about your current job. Number two, what you hate about your current job on the second sheet of paper. What's number three? Number three is what you are best at, what you're good at. What you are best at. All right. And number four? What you are not good at. What you stink at. Okay. All right, it's a so, great opportunity to be honest with yourself. And and it really, you know, the, the advice that was given to me when I did this was to lay those four sheets of paper in four different rooms in your house and not to just sit down and plow through them, but to, as you're going through your day and you think of something, go write it down. Because the process of doing this is oftentimes as important as what's on the paper. The other thing that I would suggest is to talk to people that know you, the people that have worked with you, for you, that sort of thing, and and get their advice about what those shrinks are. The first of these things, Jim, the first piece of paper. you got four sheets of paper in front of you. The first one? The things you like. The things you love about your current job. Yep. All right, number two. The things you don't like about your current job. All right, number three sheet of paper. Your strengths, what you're good at. What you're really good at. Number four, the fourth sheet of paper. The opposite, what you're not What you at. stink at. Okay, all right, and you're taking these four sheets of paper, and you're putting them in different rooms of the house so that, why are they separated? One of my listeners' uh, email, actually, was my wife, said, why are you 
put them in all these different places in your house? What, what's wrong? It's a great, a great question. The reason, really, and the thing that helped me the most was that I was told, don't just sit down and plow through this. But, but as you go through your day and you think of something, go write it down. If you got them all together, there's the tendency, the temptation, I guess, to really want to just run through the whole thing. But the process mm. of, uh, of, of, of going through this is as important sometimes as what gets written on the paper. And so, um, so the advice given to me was set them in four different places and let it simmer for a week. Uh, take a week to do this. This is not just a day-long project. This is a week-long project. Let it take the time to ferment a little bit in your soul. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I'll tell you, with me, what it did was it was remarkable because there were a lot of things that I was good at that I found out I really didn't like to do. And the reverse of that was also true. And, it, and, and I would just tell you that using this method uh, of just kind of clarifying your strengths and weaknesses and likes and dislikes is really the beginning of the process that that we call aptitude the part about figuring out what you want to do next but it's it's so key because i don't think you can do a resume i don't think you can do an elevator speech i don't think you can put together a market plan i don't think you can do any of those things until you know that you know what it is you want to do next hey i want to ask you this question then when you went through this process but first i want to we've got a book we're giving away today called man in the mirror a great gift for father's day coming up in june if you've got a man in your life who's been bewildered by losing a job or getting a job that maybe is below his potential, but he had to get a job to pay the bills, this is a great book for him to read. So if you're a man that, that, that just wants to find out, hey, how do I actually deal with all these emotions in my life? Man in the mirror, who are you looking at? Call into the studio line now, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. Jim, when you went through this exercise, what did you learn about yourself that you didn't know before? I learned that there were several things that I was doing and doing really fairly well that I really didn't like doing. I didn't consider myself to be a great manager of large numbers of people, and yet what was I doing? I was managing large numbers of people. Uh, so it really kind of steered me into the recruiting world, which is really kind of small and intimate and just a, a few people. And so that, that was probably the, the biggest thing. But if we had asked your wife in a separate room when you weren't there, would she have been able to tell you that? I'm not sure if she would have been able to tell you that, but there are probably bosses that could have told you that. <laughs> well, and that's my point, is that a lot of times our spouses know things about us that we don't know. Sure. And that may not be true. We may know them, but we ignore them. We, we pretend that they are not true. Yeah. And so it's really, do you guys tell people as part of the I Work program, do you tell them to include your spouses in, in those exercises or not? All the time. Spouses, coworkers, former bosses, Customers, anybody that anybody that will talk to you, uh, get their input, and uh, and and especially those people that are familiar with your with your work life. We we get uh, uh, we get that question all the time, and I I just uh, I think the more people that can be involved in in this period of time when people are between jobs, the better. Mm. All right, so you get them to write all these things down. All of a sudden, now they know more about themselves. What do they do with the information next? What's the next step? Next step is to really evaluate that, and that's a lot of soul-searching. It's taking that information and saying, okay, now what kind of jobs maximize the positives, minimize the negatives? And... uh, uh, and there again, a lot of uh, we don't suggest people do that alone. Um, we suggest people boil it down, and say, you know what? I found out that these are what my strengths are. This is what I'm good at. Uh, these are the things that I'm passionate about and that I like to do. 
and talk to as many people as they can and say, what kind of jobs do you know of that are that that, that fit those? Yeah. Nice, I like yeah. that. All right, so one of the things, so so you help. First of all, you you flesh out the stuff. Okay, here's the stuff you really like to do, the things you're really good at. And you say, and then you have them trying to research what's a job that fits into that. Figure out who those employers are that are out there. Uh, and, and I think, you know, one of the things that my customers tell me these days is that the number one thing they're looking for in people is a passion for the job. And, and we include that as part of this equation, too. But once you figure out what your passion is, once you figure out what your, um, where you want to head with your career, then we go to the next step. And the next step in this whole process is figuring out who those employers are that are out there that have the kind of jobs that you want. We call that the marketing phase of our, of our training program. Mm. You know, Michael, there's an, the phone's ringing again, and I'm just wishing I had more books to give away. The phone's been ringing off the hook for this book, so make sure you get their names. Maybe I can uh, scoop a couple more books, uh, copies from my man in the mirror friend. When you are, are so you, this, you tell them, okay, now go find the employers that offer these kinds of positions. First of all, how do you, how do you match their skills to a position? I mean, is there a, a test that they take that says, if you, these are your good skills, then you should be doing X, Y, and Z? You know, my answer to uh, uh, almost every question you could ask me is networking. And, uh, and I would tell you that a lot of times there are, you know, th- there are websites and all kinds of things that can do that kind of matching, number one. But number two, um, and probably the biggest thing, is, is to network with people who, who, are, who know these things, who can help you out with that. And, and that's probably where I would say spend the most of your time. Jim, I've got, I've got a surprise for you. What's we, we've got a special guest call in, a testimonial for the iWork program at Idlewild. Eddie McDonald, welcome back to the iWork for Him show. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me. Hey, tell everybody the good news. I got a job. Hey, praise the Lord. You know, it's just a couple of months ago you were here on the air with me, and that's what our prayer was, that you would find a job and go ahead and, and, and plug your new employer so they can say, hey, wow, that was really cool. It's with uh, Itali Graphics. It's a graphic design company, and I'm uh, working in the customer service department, a little bit of sales. I just started this week. I'm actually uh, leaving right now. Awesome. But, uh, so I heard, I heard Jim on the air, and I uh, just wanted to uh, just thank Jim and the iWork crew. Because what, what they do, what Jim's talking about, is uh, it just helped me. He's helping people, and it does work. So tell me what it what it did for you, Eddie, because I found out about it, and I said, Eddie, you need to check this out. You went and checked it out, you and your bride. What, what, is, what, what did it do for you? How did it help you? It just, you know, being, being unemployed, uh, you know, I'm supposed to be the breadwinner, so, it, you know, it, it, it was tough. But, uh, you know, you, you told me about the iWork program, and uh, we went up there, and they just make you feel so welcome. Uh, just, just the the help they were, the uh, the information, the tips, the pointers. Uh, it's just great. From resumes to cover letters to elevator speeches, it, it just works, and it worked for me. And the big thing with me in getting this job was networking, which, which uh, you know, Jim was talking about every every Monday. Uh, networking is a big part. I'm, I was never a big networker, but um, I I realized you know what I have to do this. I'm going to find a job. I'm going to support my family. And uh, I did it, and uh, it was through a, it was through a friend in, at our church, and the networking definitely worked. 
Well, I got to tell you, it's exciting. You know, I know on Dave Ramsey's show, when people go, go debt-free, they got this big old scream, we're debt-free, but, you know, you got a job. Praise the Lord. We're so excited. I'm sure we've got an audience applause there somewhere. We ought to be able, Mike, we, <laughs> Mike Miracle's eating dinner instead of, you know, come on, find the applause, Michael. Let's go. All right, all right Jim, go ahead. Well, Eddie, this is Jim Caro, and I uh, he doesn't know, Jim Brangenberg doesn't know this, but we do have a tradition at iWork. Every Monday night, whenever somebody gets a job, uh, they come the Monday after they get their job and they bring a cake. Um, it all started six years ago when a woman who had been unemployed for several months uh, got so excited she she brought a cake and then everybody got cake to eat and they realized they all started to think well you must have to bring a cake every time you get a job and it's become that so uh, Eddie we're looking forward to I I, I kind of a I'm impartial to chocolate with white frosting. If, uh, I was oh, thinking Dairy Queen cake, but I'm thinking the guy that referred you to the iWork program <laughs> should get the cake. That's what I'm thinking, because I like Dairy Queen ice cream cake, just in case you want to know, Eddie. All right, well, well congratulations. Jim, Wendy and, I, Wendy and I already have a cake picked out for uh, this coming Monday. We look forward to uh, seeing everyone again. Fantastic. All right, well, congratulations to you, Eddie McDonald. Yay! <laughs> Eddie, thanks for calling in and sharing your testimony. I'm so, so very happy for the two of you that you got a job, you're working, and congratulations. Thank you, guys. Thank you both so much for all your help. You guys pleasure. Back. It was our pre- pleasure. All right, Jim, what I want to know then next, okay, so you're, you've had this going on for all these years. You said six years already. Yes, and you've had lots of people come out of there equipped and ready to go with jobs, all excited about it. Um, you, like you said, people come back, bring cakes when they get jobs. You had a story that I wanted my listeners to hear, probably the one of the most powerful stories I've heard about a, a ministry that with the unintended consequences that were fan stinking tastic. Tell that story. Well, it, it's really. When when we began as volunteers six years ago, I don't think I think we thought it was going to be all about resumes and interviews and and all the rest. And really, the tools for finding a job you can get those anywhere. Um, but but what we have found is that the biggest thing that we give people is hope. But I think it was two years ago. I I'm a recruiter, and I get phone calls all the time from people who are looking for jobs. And I got a call from a guy named John. Um, now I recruit in healthcare. John doesn't work in healthcare, and and he said, "Well, you know, I'm looking for a job. Can you help me?" And I said, "I really can't because that's not where I recruit." But um, I found out that he lived in Tampa, and I said, uh, "We got this thing that meets on on Monday nights. We call it I Work, and it meets at our church. And why don't you come on out?" And and he said, "I'll think about it." And and so a couple of weeks went by, and he called me probably three times uh, in between there. And he said, "Okay, I'm going to come. I'm going to come. I'm going to come next week." And uh, um, and and he did. And and here's the interesting thing: he was. Our, I work starts at six thirty every Monday night. At six thirty, I I was up in front, kind of beginning the program, and he wasn't there. And six forty-five, and he still wasn't there. And seven o'clock. This guy came in, and, and one of our greeters kind of was waving at me and said, this is the guy. This is John. And, uh, and so John came in and, uh, and sat down, and we, I didn't get a chance to talk to him before I work, obviously, because we were already going. So we went through our program, and uh, we finished at 830. And then I got to talk to him, and we, we went out into this area uh, at Idlewell where people can talk, and we sat down. And, and he said, listen, I'm sorry I'm late. But he said, you need to understand one thing. I am 39 years old, and I've never one second in my life been inside of a church. And, uh, 
And so he said, I was driving up here, and I got on Fletcher Avenue, and my hands started shaking. And I had to pull off the road because I was afraid I was going to be in an accident. So I waited a little while, kind of got control of myself. I got going again. I turned down to Dale Mabry, and it started all over again. My hands were shaking. All I could think of was what an awesome thing it is to be in the presence of a holy God. And, and he was going to experience that. Um, that night, we stayed after I worked for about an hour in the dark. The lights were already gone off. All we had were those little exit lights. Um, and uh, I shared the plan of salvation with him. And, and he, that night, after I worked, prayed to receive Christ. Um, that happened on a Tuesday night. He came to church with his family uh, the following Sunday. We sat with him, and our pastor, Ken Witten, one of the first things in every sermon, he says, take out your Bibles and open to the book of James. Well, there were a few Bibles there, and, the, and none of the family had ever been in the church. They grabbed the Bibles, but they had no idea where to look. And I said, don't worry about it. It comes up on those big screens. But um, So he was saved on a Tuesday night. His whole family prayed to receive Christ that next week, and about two or three weeks later, they were baptized. And, and you know, one of the, one of the uh, things that, that testimonies of a person who came to iWork one time said, she said, I came here looking for a job, and I found Jesus. And I think, you know, if we don't do anything else at iWork, you know, we have, we've done what we need to do. Well, so. and, and that's the premise of the iWork for Him radio program, is that people need to recognize that there are a lot of people that will never go to church. That's why it's so important that we bring church to them, but we don't need to bring church to them. We just need to bring Jesus to them. You may be their only chance ever to meet Jesus, and, and you got to bring it to the workplace. It's so important, and that's that story touched me. When you shared that story, I thought, that's fantastic. I mean, that guy was being attacked on his way to church. Absolutely. I mean, that is just powerful and so... So wow! I mean, now have you followed up with that guy? Have you talked to him since then? We have. He uh, he, he started coming to Idlewild, but we were pretty far away from him. So he joined a church uh, down in Brandon, and and now his... <laughs> from Brandon Lutz. That's just awful and ridiculous. It, it is. But uh, and we were that was not too practical. But uh, they've since moved back to the Northeast, and uh, I know they're attending a church up there. But we haven't. I haven't talked to him probably for about three or four months. Well, I, I just want to thank you for sharing that story because it's so powerful that we recognize what's. I mean, how, what kind of an impact we can actually make. Hey, I'd like to thank Richard for calling in and winning the book today. I'll get that out to you in the mail tomorrow. And uh, thanks so much for listening. I know we had another caller. I, didn't, I only had one book today. I apologize. But, uh, Jim, when we come back, I want to just review those four sheets of paper and then all the rest of the things that you guys do just really quickly at iWork. Jim, this program you've been talking about, it's just really all about helping prepare and retool, prepare people to retool, prepare people to, prepare people to get... Uh, re-employed again you said something to me when i first interviewed you hey that um what was it the god of the universe knows your start date i love that line is that a, does that is that a line that really encourages people it is it's uh uh you know i think that's the overriding thing about the attitude that god wasn't surprised when your when your boss came in and said you know uh, we're gonna have to let you go likewise he already knows your start date. He knows who your boss is going to be. He knows what your commute is going to be like. And and if you really believe that, it really takes all the pressure off. You know, what's really cool about the program is that it, you use so many different tools to help get people equipped, help them fix their attitudes, help just forgive and, and, and work through all those things. But I love the starting point. 
Take those four sheets of paper and find out who you want to be when you grow up by taking these four sheets of paper and on one sheet of paper, what you love about your current job or the job you just lost, what you hated about your current job or the job you just lost, what you're really good at, what you're really not so good at. Four sheets of paper, four different places in the house. Why? So that you can build your market plan, build your resume, build every all your strategy revolves around figuring, having a laser-like focus about what you want to pursue. How do people find out more about the iWork program? Uh, our website is www.iworkministry.org. You can call the Idlewild Church at 813-264-1515. But we meet every Monday night at 630, uh, 630 until 830. And so you can just show up. That probably be the best thing to do. The iWorkMinistry.org, iWorkMinistry.org. Now, if somebody doesn't want to drive to Lutz, like me, if I was out of work, I wouldn't want to drive to Lutz because I live in Indian Rocks Beach. Are there other churches maybe in Tampa that are doing the same kind of thing? There are definitely other churches in Tampa because we know of three of them that used to come to iWork and kind of got some of our ideas and then went off and spun spun their own. There's also uh, one in Clearwater at uh, Calvary Baptist Church. Awesome. I think. Um, and don't hold me to that, but I think so. But anyway, yeah, there are several of them. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the air today and really talking about the program. Because this is this is what the church is supposed to be, a resource for the people in the community to come to. This isn't just for people in the church. This is for people in the community to come to, to be encouraged, to be given hope, as you said. And in the, in the case of John, he and his family are eternally grateful for this because forever they're going to remember the impact of iWork. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that uh, th- that would be the other message. Sometimes people think you have to go to Idlewild to come to iWork. And I would tell you that no more than a third of the people that come to iWork are Idlewild members. So uh, if you are if you are anywhere out there within the sound of our voice, come to iWork 630 on Monday night. And that's from Newport Ritchie to Sarasota all the way over to Lakeland. Hey, listen, as we come to the end of another iWork for Him program, I want to invite you to join the iWork for Him nation. I'm looking for a thousand people, to start with, a thousand people that are willing to make a commitment to these things. A thousand people that will be willing to start praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. Write them down. Who do you work with? What are their first names? Start praying for them. You may not know what to pray about. Just pray for them. And then start looking for ways to befriend these people, to ways to reach out to them outside of the office so that you can actually become friends with them, a person of influence with them. Then start looking for ways to serve them in the workplace while you're doing your job to make their lives easier. And then start really looking for ways to pray with those people during the day when you notice that their attitude, their their whole complexion, that's not the right word, but what you see about them, they just look down and out, and it's not their normal way of looking. You got an opportunity to say, hey, what's going on? Can I pray about that with you? And then looking for, but I want those same thousand people not to let their faith interrupt their job, but to take their job to the next level, to take their job to a point of excellence where everybody goes, what in the world does Jim have? Because holy smokes, I want what he has because he does an outstanding job at work. Those are the thousand people I want to start committing to the I Work For Him Nation. Go to our website, iWorkForHim.com. Click on Contact Us and let me know, hey, Jim, I want to be part of the I Work For Him Nation. I want to make an impact in my workplace. You're listening to the I Work For Him Show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.